The views and opinions expressed in the following podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, the affiliates, or digital platforms hosting this podcast. All content is for the purposes of education, conjecture, and at times entertainment. We promote inclusiveness and diversity. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Into the Deep with Jay Costa. Welcome to Into the Deep. I'm Jay Costa. I am ecstatic about today's guest. He is a spiritual development expert and considered an authority in metaphysics, numerology, and altar work. Today's guest is Indra Ali. We talk about a myriad of things, everything from spiritual empowerment to altar work to what it means to be on a spiritual path. Indra is the author of the number one Amazon bestselling book, Deity Linkage Manual, and his writings have been featured in some of the top metaphysical and holistic sites in the world, including Before It's News, In 5D, Waking Times, and a ton more. Through his consulting practice, teaching platforms, podcasts, YouTube channels, you name it, Indra is on a mission to inspire people to be their own spiritual master. So, Join me as we seek light and journey into the deep with Indra Ali. Enjoy. Indra, thank you so much for joining me on Into the Deep, man. This really means so much to me. So thank you for taking some time and sharing your energy with us today. Absolutely. I'd like to thank you and George for inviting me on. It's a pleasure to be on. I'm honored. Oh, honors ours, man. Like for a long time, like, uh, you know, when we first started the podcast, you were one of the first people I brought up to George and he was like totally into you and we were all about doing this. So the fact that we're making it a reality is just awesome to me. So thank you. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> if you could, um, please share with our listeners who you are and what it is you do. Okay, probably the most important part as it relates to the listeners is um, for the over 10 years now, which is crazy, I've been teaching metaphysical and spiritual concepts, um, mainly on YouTube. I've had a podcast. I've written over 100 articles. Um, so, but mainly just metaphysics and spirituality. I'm probably best known for my altar videos. If you look up altar work on YouTube, I probably had the most views on YouTube. Um, to be honest, if not yeah. probably top three. Um, for the past couple of years, I've been mostly focused on spiritual empowerment. And to sum up in one sentence what I'm about, um, my mission now is to inspire people to be their own spiritual master. That That is what resonates with me. I feel the time we're in is more important now than ever that people, um, I wouldn't say stop following so many people, but develop and cultivate their own spiritual practice. And when they look in the mirror, see their own master or guru looking back at them. Absolutely. I love that. It's one of the many reasons why I was just so excited to be able to talk with you today. You've been doing this for so long and it's, you know, even when you first started like kind of coming out onto the scene with the metaphysics and, you know, a lot of esoteric and it, a lot of folks weren't catching on, right? It didn't, in my opinion, it didn't seem like folks were really ready in like the, I guess the pop cultural sense. Would you agree? I, I try my best not to pass judgment because sure. 
I get that everyone is on their path. Yes. But for me in particular, I only have I have to be true to my spirit. And it doesn't resonate with me to follow a man or woman and say this is the ultimate figurehead for my spiritual path. And the way I the way I suggest people do it is you can have someone you look up to, you can have a mentor, you can have a teacher, but it's incumbent upon you to take full responsibility for your spirituality and your mental health, your physical health, your finances. But I deal strictly with spirituality. So with that, I mean, if you get to a point where you're just relying on someone, then soon when they stop teaching you, then where are you going to be at? If they go off to somewhere else, then where where will you end up at? But if you really take full control, and that's all mastery is, is you're in full control or you you take ownership for that, what you're, what you're working on. So spiritual mastery means you're just in control of your spirituality and you, you look at yourself as being fully accountable. Absolutely. And I think it's beautiful, especially like in a, in a time that we're in right now, that accountability piece is so, it seems like it's challenging for some folks to hold themselves accountable to that. Yeah. Once again, um, if I, if you put me in a corner and say, like, how do I feel about that? I absolutely agree. Mm. But I strongly believe that most of the planet isn't here for enlightenment. Let's just mm-hmm. use a simple word. I don't believe everyone's here is going to reach enlightenment in one lifetime. Right. That's why when you look at all the developing high civilized cultures presently in an antiquity, they all believed in multiple lives. So I'm of the mindset that we have many times to get this right. So I do my best not to judge people on one chapter called one lifetime. When you look at every lifetime, when you're done, you have a big book. But just like books now, how can you judge a book by one chapter? And Mm -hmm. I think us as spiritualists, occultists, metaphysicians, whatever label you want to put on it, when we view humans and only view it under the scope of one lifetime, then every most people are going to fall short. I believe there's only a small sector of the population that is spiritually evolved, spiritually mature, and therefore will reach enlightenment in this lifetime. But I believe every soul will eventually make their way back to source, the all, the creator, whatever you want to call it. I love that. It's beautiful. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think you articulate that so well. What got you on this journey, like this path to where you're at today? I believe everyone gets on a path by having questions. Hmm. For me, my background is no different than a lot of people. Um, I grew up in a Christian household. Um, I had to go to church and I say had to because it was an obligation. <laughs> I had to go to church when I was a child until I got to an age where I could make a decision on my own. But from my early childhood, all I remember is going to church every Sunday. And I vividly remember to this day sitting in church and I had a, I had a revelation come to me and the spirit told me now, I know I just call it spirit or intuition or my higher self. My spirit told me that this wasn't my path. I found a lot of hypocrisy. I found a lot of judgmentalness. I found a lot of things that didn't vibe with me. And I'm talking about single digits. I was clearly able to see this. I've seen a lot of adults playing church on Sunday playing God on Sunday and playing with the devil every day throughout the week. You know, once again, not judging them, but making, <laughs> making an honest assessment of what right. I saw. So when I got older and I had a very significant, um, 
if you want to call it spiritual experience when I was a child and it stuck with me. So when I got older, I want to say probably like early 20s, I started remembering the things that happened to me as a child. One thing led to another. Um, long story short, me and my partner, I've been we've been together almost 25 years. We have three beautiful children. Wow. Of our, our oldest is 21, our youngest is nine, and our middle is 15. But my oldest son, he has what's called atopic dermatitis, which is commonly known as eczema. Hmm. Long story short, um, my wife and him, they went to the dermatologist and they had a, a negative experience. I'll just put it like that. At the time, he was on probably like $200 worth of creams and ointments oh. and steroids and stuff like that. And I had insurance. So that was $200 on top of insurance. He started developing all these what we call itchy patches on his skin. And it was very extreme. And it used to break my wife's heart just putting lotion on him and putting a cream on him and stuff. My spirit told me that there was a way to alleviate him of that suffering. So I I've, uh, I forgot how I came upon a certain information from a certain person, but it had to do with alkaline and acidic in the blood. And when your blood is alkaline, there's no way for most diseases to stay in the body. A skin disorder is a blood disorder. So I had to alkalize the blood, you know, simply put. So we went on a juice fast. Just first time out, just went on a seven-day juice fast, my young son and I. And um, over time, I want to say probably for, I'm going to say this a lot. I'm not the best with linear time. Yesterday That's seemed okay. like five years ago. <laughs> five years ago seemed like 10 years ago. Right on. I get you know? it. <laughs> so um, I want to say it was like six or nine months. Mm. The spots on his skin slowly started dissipating just with a change of diet. So I was thinking the doctors didn't tell me this school didn't tell me this, not trying to be funny. My government didn't tell me this. My parents didn't tell me this. Somebody on the internet birthed this knowledge to me. And obviously I took it a step further and applied information called knowledge by itself is powerful. But when you apply knowledge, that's a superpower. When you apply knowledge, that is a superpower. So I applied the information. I took pictures before and after. He had spots on his skin that slowly started dissipating and, and disappearing, literally, with just a change of diet. Wow. At the time, also, I was researching a lot of conspiracies. And I have a phrase saying it's not a conspiracy if it's true. <laughs> so you can say conspiracy <laughs> or you can say just things we're not being totally, they're not being totally honest about. Mm -hmm. So I was researching extensively different conspiracy, conspiratorial this, conspiratorial that. And I remember sitting in my in my um, dining room where my laptop was, where I used to do all my research from day in, from sun up to sundown. And one day in particular, the spirit clearly told me you can continue to look at all the things and find all the things that's wrong with the world. Or you can apply this information to your life and change your reality. From that that from that day on, I no longer looked for things that are are outside of my control, and I started to apply the information that fast tracked me on to spirituality, magic, numerology, divination, psychic, dream work, and a myriad of other things that I've studied and applied on on my path. Wow, something like diet and the profound effect that it had, and and to your point, like. No one's telling us this. 
but yet here's somebody disseminating this kind of information, passing that knowledge that's putting it in place in work. And to see you now doing that as well, too, is just, that's, that's really what this is all about. And that's just, that's awesome. But like I said, information is everywhere. If you, you can say that we're in an information age or we just came out of the information age. So there's a plethora of information. And in fact, I call it the misinformation age or over information age. Right. And the way I, way I uh, try to instruct it to my students and people I work with is if there's so much information, why do you not see more people that are enlightened? Why do you not see more people who are spiritually mature? If you can go to Wikipedia and find out about the chakras, you can go to any page and find out how to meditate. You can find out the Palladians and all the extraterrestrial groups. You can find out all the information with a simple Google search. But yet, why do you not know five people that are enlightened? Why do you not know five people who are spiritually mature, physically fit, mentally sharp, and emotionally sound? If, if it was just information alone, then everyone would be enlightened. And I've, and I've, this may not be popular for a lot of people. And trust me, I'm a, a very devout researcher. I absorb information. I didn't get to where I'm at now by just not reading and studying mostly myself, but also just information or outformation and turn it into information, which is a whole nother story in itself. But so I'm not knocking information. But a lot of people are overly consumed with, with content. It's overconsumption. Too much of anything is a bad habit. And I believe we become addicted to our smartphones, to data, to information, to just a myriad of things that at the end of the day, once you meet yourself and transition out of this body, this is going to be futile. You're not really going to talk about just the raw data that you knew. It's going to be very simple questions you ask yourself, and it's not going to be anything you can Google. So the older I get, the more I'm starting to I just start losing things. Like even labels, I really don't like calling myself a spiritual teacher, but I have to articulate something. Sure. I like to call myself a being. Being what? Being whatever the hell I need to be at any given time. My children call me father. Mm. <laughs> my friends call me Ali. You know me, everybody's going to call me something different. My mom calls me when she needs me to come fix something. <laughs> <laughs> you feel me? So, so I feel like we need to be more liquid. Like Bruce Lee said, be like yes. water, my friend. Mm -hmm. And I do my best not to be so pragmatic and stuff like that. I just try to go with the flow and just try to be as easy as possible. Absolutely. I, gosh, what makes it so challenging? Like how, how do you feel like you were able to take that step and put that into action yourself that maybe someone else might not necessarily find it as easy to do that step or take that step rather. I kind of answered it sensitively. Um, going back to what I was saying, we have many, we have multiple lives. Mm -hmm. I have the pleasure of knowing a couple of my past lives and I came here with a lot of remembrance. I'll just put it like that. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I thought it was just regular, but you know, I'm in my forties now and I've spoken and worked with thousands of people. And I'm not saying this to place myself on a pedestal. If you know anything about me, I'm not about that, no. but I've had more experiences than I forgot. And to minimize that and say, okay, that's not a big deal. I guess it is a big deal. So I'm sharing that to say that 
I believe there's a lot of advanced souls that when you start to study something like, say, for instance, you start studying numerology and it just seems commonsensical to you. I remember studying the universal laws of the Kabbalion and um, to the Tao Te Ching and um, the ancient Egyptian Book of the Dead and the Tibetan Book of the Dead and um, just Kabbalah, just all these different things. And to me, it was like, this is common sense. Mm -hmm. It wasn't deep or wow, this is so profound. It was more commonsensical is the best word I can use. So I say for me, it was just a little bit that I needed. I just had to fixate my mind on growing spiritually and the path just revealed itself. This is akin to someone having being predisposed to being a great artist. You just give them a canvas and a paintbrush and they paint masterpieces or someone with musical instrument. I played piano for, I took seven years of piano lessons as a child. I am by no means a concert pianist. Can I play and can I read music? Absolutely. Sure. But that's not my strong suit. Also played football up to the college level. Am I the greatest athlete in the world? I got a partial scholarship. I wouldn't say that I'm the best athlete in the world, but spirituality, it resonated with me. And to be honest, it was very easy for me. And I know there's other people who are, they consider themselves past lives in um, Atlantis and, you know, whatever, you know, these high civilized places and they reincarnated back here. Those people usually have an easier time getting on a spiritual path and finding some sort of spiritual growth. Yeah. What got you to realize, like, I've got this information, I want to share it and led you to write your first book? Okay. That's a great question, too. Um, the same voice <laughs> that told me to stop um, looking up all the conspiratorial data at one at one day in that same dining room, that same place I never forget on Manchester Avenue. That I had a lot of spiritual awakening experiences there, but that same voice told me I was, like I said, consuming content, sun up to sundown, literally, literally. You know anything about numerology? I'm born on the fourth day. Number fours can absorb information. Long style content doesn't matter. We just uh, just eat it up. I still have <laughs> notebooks where I just piled in a bunch of stuff, wrote about yeah. No. And I'm the kind of person I can read, listen, and view. I can absorb content and information all the ways. I don't learn best in one situation. So I consider myself a um I, I feel comfortable master student. I mm. feel like I'm a master. I wouldn't say master T, I'm a master student. So when I, when I took in all that information, that same voice that told me to stop consuming information and to apply it is the same voice that told me it's time to share it. The way it felt was like my cup was full. I woke up and I couldn't read anything. I couldn't listen to any. I was just full. And it's because I had all this in me. So I was starting to share it with the wife. And I have a cousin, or shout out to Orlando in St. Louis, where I was just sharing. I just started spilling this <laughs> you know I me mean? it was like diarrhea of the mouth i was going <laughs> off man just going off and then um that caveated to me doing a youtube channel then a blog talk radio um but the book actually was created and the book you're referring to is my first book deity linkage manual yes um which is uh, on the bestsellers list constantly it's a it's a very it, it has reached a lot of people i'll just say that or whatever and i actually wrote that book on accident at the time, we were having um, a group of people coming to the house. We used to have what we call group builds, build sessions, where we have a bunch of air lights come to the house 
And we talked about spiritual, metaphysical, and occult concepts in a safe environment. Mm. And I wanted to share uh, with them something to find their deities. So what came to me was doing it based on numerology, knowing how the numbers have a correspondence. All the divinations have correspondence. That's why there's a crossover between a tarot, numerology, and astrology. If you know anything about those, you'll see that there's numbers, there's planets, there's astrological signs, and they all correspond with each other if you can read all of them. So long story short, I found a resonance or a correspondence between the numbers and deities. So I printed out something on a next build session. I gave it to the people. I think we, we used to have like 10 to 12 people come over to the wow. house. Like, and once again, when you build it, they will come. I just put it out one day. That's why I'm saying my whole life is mystical. I just put it out. And then people came out of the woodworks like, hey, I want to come over. I still have friends to this day that I met by just putting it out there one day that I'm going to start having people at the house. Craziest thing in the world. But um, so I made the, I made the paper for them or the system for them. Then the spirit told me this is damn near a book. But at the time I was driving a semi truck, I still have my CDO. That's the job I retired from before I started doing uh, spiritual teaching full time. And <laughs> synchronistically enough, I had an injury. And mind you, I'm one of those people that's not really injury prone. I've never had a broken bone in my body. I really, I'm not really injury prone per se. But I had an injury that prevented me from going out and doing my deliveries. I drove a truck, but I made uh, manual uh, handheld deliveries uh, with a dolly. So it's very physical. If you don't feel good, you can't do it. Right. So I was home for one week. And that's when I wrote Deity Linkage Manual. Within that one week, the information is poured through me. It's meant to be. You yep. have to be in that space and time. I believe so. Wow. I, I believe everything that the thing that helps me and I think help other people who matriculate down the spiritual path quite rapidly is we're keen to listen into spirit. We're always revealed signs, synchronicities, and more importantly, our intuitive guidance. Everyone has this. I'm not unique to this. Jay's not unique to this. Everyone has what I call built-in um, spiritual guidance or spiritual nudges. Everyone has it. I think what helped me, or I, I don't think I know what helped me. I don't want to even downplay it because I think it's that important because anyone can tap into it. I know what helped me as I listened acutely to these spiritual nudges and I followed it. And I say that my intuition, guidance, sign synchronicity are 100% accurate. And when you trust it, because they said, trust that small voice, but that small voice becomes louder once you focus on it. And that's what helped me. I, I've clearly seen the signs. I have so many signs, synchronicities where the spirit has just laid things like voila. And it's like, if you don't go that way, you're an idiot. <laughs> I don't right. like being an idiot. So <laughs> I, I consider myself very obedient to spirit. Right on. I love that. That's a great expression. I like that. Obedient to spirit. Do you do you feel like you had to develop your attention to you know listening to that voice to listening to spirit? Absolutely. Once again, what helped me was the job. I always realized the job was temporary. Mm -hmm. So even when I was making good money or I was getting treated well, I never wanted to work for somebody. 
when you talk about when people say I knew that since I was a child, I knew that since I was a child, I knew I wanted to own my own business. I just didn't know what it was. So what helped me was I wasn't fixated and inundated with just nine to five. That lifestyle never appealed to me. I also keep a small circle. So I'm not, I didn't have a bunch of friends and peers steering me in this way or another. I've also been with the same woman for 20 something years. So I wasn't out looking and chasing skirts and stuff like that. I'm naturally a homebody and I'm naturally keep to myself. And I consider myself a observer of humanity. You know, the old cliche, you got two eyes, two ears, and only one mouth is very true. And I take that seriously. So I pay attention. So I believe once you don't, once you're not boggled down with all that external BS, you can focus on what really matters. A lot of people can't focus on their spirit because they're too focused on people, places, and things that have nothing to do with their spiritual growth. I recognize very clearly that those were all trap doors and blocks. And once I tuned in, I tuned in that one way, like really tuned in. And I noticed once I tuned in, the spirit revealed so much to me. When you focus, just like if you go in a dark room, you can't see anything. But the longer you're in that darkness and you get comfortable with it, things start appearing to you. Just like a camera, camera sees all, but you can fix it on certain things. So I focus and fix my third eye, my spirit, my aligned spiritually. And once you do that, they said you take one step towards the most high. He, they, she takes two to you. I say you take one, they take five to you. You feel me? So I took, I, and I took a lot of steps. So they took a lot of steps and met me. Now we're seeing eye to eye. Love that. Love that. You also touched upon this too. And I love this. Yeah. You, you know, you share this a lot too, especially on your social media. When we talk about five friends, I grew up, my father told me you'll, when you'll be a blessed man, if you can count best friends on one hand, no more than that. And the first time I heard you articulate that in your social media, it just resonated with me because I, I wholeheartedly align with that. It's once again, it's not my whole thing, man. If I had to be quite honest, I'm, I'm do my best to articulate things that a lot of people feel, but they yeah. don't say it. Right. And I tried to say it in a, in a professional way. I know some of the things I, I can say it a lot more role and I consider myself pretty role. But I can say it a lot more role that it really throw people off. But I try to say it in a way that's going to spark it in your mind. Absolutely. Because once again, people are inundated with all these voices. So if I say something and you hear your voice and there's a resonance, that's why people say that resonates with me because mm-hmm. we're on the same frequency. You're just talking energy. Yep. I personally believe you can't teach someone something new. You can only remind them of what they already know. That's why people say that resonates with me. I feel that those are all energetic, you know, verbiage or vernacular or whatever. So, so when I said that about, you know, you're not, it's only going to be so many people that really care about you. It sounds deflating, but if you look at it on a deeper level, it has have you stop relying on people mm. and really take more self accountability. And if you have, in my opinion, if you have common sense, you'll see that. Like, okay, you know what? I'm trusting six, seven people. Why am I doing that? Why am I putting my faith in other people's hands? I just told my son that today, like me and your mom, we love you. We love you unconditionally. There's nothing you can tell us to make us love you any less. You're not going to find too many people like that in your life. 
I'm sure, like you said, have you do you have more than five people that nope. you know have your back that you trust with your life? Nope. I've asked a lot of people. I, I asked before I shared it with humanity. I asked a lot of people and nobody could tell me that they knew more than five people. Nobody. People didn't even include their wives. I was shocked. Wow. <laughs> that tells you a lot like, for sure for sure my partner i trust her in my life I right I, I wouldn't live in the same same house if i didn't <laughs> it's gonna be problems and we don't know what's happening no doubt no doubt <laughs> so after your first book there was a little bit of time and that that second book came out too and what got you on that for like the now purpose because i felt like it was still rooted in that but it also, it was more of a, that presence of really putting things into action. If I may be, if I'm on the right path with saying that. Yeah. Cause once again, when you talk to people, everyone's like, what is my purpose? Mm. What is my purpose? And truth be told, we have more than one purpose. You have many different areas of your life. So if you're only looking for a purpose, then what about your children? You don't have any purpose with your children. What about your health? No purpose in that area of life. What about finances? What about your career? People are looking for one single thing that they feel is going to blow them up or some grandiose mission or something like that. And to differentiate or make some sort of distinction, I don't see purpose the same as I do a life's calling. Life's calling is different. Because you get a call and everyone doesn't get that call. You have to put in work in order to get a call. The people who have received a call are people you know about and we read in the history books. The people that really got a call. But everyone has multiple purposes. That's why I used, I love the phrase now purpose. Because there's a purpose for everything in your life right now. But life calling, everyone doesn't get that in my opinion. Only people who have done a lot of work, self-work, either in this lifetime or in past lives, get the call. Just like an interview. Everybody don't get that call back from an interview. Right. Everybody don't get a call from the Ivy Leagues. You know, truth be told, most people are just regular human beings going about life, dumb, deaf, and blind, as they call it, stuck in a matrix. That's most people. And I believe we need to accept that more instead of beating people over the head. Like, no, you need to get this. The evidence is here. Trust me when I tell you, I know about every, not everything, but I know about the history of religion. I know about the, the cover up the UFOs on this planet. I, I'm, I'm a contactee. Like, I don't believe in UFOs. I know they exist. I'm a contactee. I'm on record. I have no problem saying that. But for me to try to convince somebody of that, for what? That's my ego. You know, and I believe a lot of spiritualists are really rooted in ego. Trust me when I tell you, I wouldn't be teaching if I had known this wasn't my calling. I'm an introvert and antisocial. I'd rather be in a mountain somewhere, to be honest. I'm doing this because I know I have to. It's my mission. I came here to do this. And I believe if you follow your passion or follow your calling, then more people will be in the right position. There's a lot of artists right now who's driving a truck. There's a lot of teachers right now that's pushing their broom. They call themselves janitors. There's some, there's some athletes that or working in a factory. People are in the incorrect position based on society, based on their upbringing, based on their opportunities, based on a lot of different circumstances. I believe self-awareness is by far the biggest thing that you need to cultivate on this planet. 
once you are aware of who you are, then you will know God. And once you know that you're God and you go out and create like the, like the person you came here to be. Absolutely. How, how can we go about encouraging folks to know thyself and how profound it is? You want to be the change in the world? You got to change yourself. Mm. I mean, I don't have any deep because the ancients have got it correct. There's nothing new under the sun. Right. The more I change myself, the more my reality change. The more I change myself, the more people that the spirit put on my path. At this point, you know, I've, I've influenced people that are elders in my family. I just put it like that. That I sparked them to get on their path and they they may consider me son or, you know, something else. You feel me? I love that. So that happened once I changed myself. Once I changed myself, then everything around me changed. So if you want to affect people, you have to really change yourself. And by doing that, you're automatically going to change everyone in your circumference. If you know anything about the chakras in your aura, your aura radiates. So people feel when they're in your presence. Just like right now, there's there's people, there's a good amount of people that's listening and watching, but like that resonates with me. I get it. There are certain people that's looking like he's dumb, don't know what the hell he's talking about. And there are certain people is watching they're indifferent. Hmm. But that old that old adage or old cliche, if you can change one sport, one person, then you spark many. To kill one man is to kill many. To birth one man is to birth many. So I just try to, I don't try. I live my life as authentic as possible. I be true to myself and I share what I'm inspired to share. Like I was telling my oldest son, he, we were, we've been working out together here recently. And I shared with him that what makes me confident on public formats and this and stuff like that is I only speak about things I know. Mm-hmm. I don't speak about things I think, I thought. I don't have too many beliefs. I either know or don't know. Mm-hmm. And when I open my mouth and I'm speaking in public and I'm affecting other people and I take my job very seriously, like I don't downplay what I do. This is a blessing to come down here and be able to be a spiritual teacher. In my opinion, it's a, it's a, it's a blessing to do what I do. So I don't take it lightly. So when I open my mouth, I'm only sharing things I know for sure, or I've experienced, I've experienced myself. And I love that. And I think for a lot of folks, you know, I have friends, peers, and I've been there myself where I wasn't always aligned with that. And it takes work and it takes time. And I think part of that process of, you know, is stripping away that negative ego, because there's you know, people look at it differently, this positive ego, negative ego, but getting rid of some of that ego that's so self-centered about, for whatever reason, that soul, that spirit, so self-centered or egotistical about something. I, I noticed with what you're doing with uh, Spiritual Accelerator, right? You, you have courses, modules to help people get on a path. Could you go into some of that with us? Yeah, the main the main reason I created the Spiritual Master Accelerator, which we talk about, it's been like over three years now, is the community aspect. A lot of people feel alone. I I I really didn't know the extent of loneliness on the spiritual path. Once again, me being introverted and pretty isolated, and always I have very close people that I'm very cool with. I'm not lacking any love or friendship. So I'm not looking for any new friends, to be honest. I feel very comfortable with that. So I never felt that lack. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I know a lot of people do. 
And I didn't know how prevalent it was in the spiritual community until I started building a community. So that was that was the main thing. I wanted to, a place, a private place to share where people take it serious. Unfortunately, when people get free stuff, they don't really value it. Mm. You know, a lot of times. And I'm saying everyone, but a lot of people don't value it. But when you put your money up, what they say, put your money where your mouth is, you're usually going to implement the lessons a lot quicker. You know, so I created that environment for a community and also for people to take it serious. Because I don't at this point, I don't want to waste my time and I don't waste other people's time. That's why I don't convince anyone anything. I don't say follow me. I don't say I say go and make sure it resonates with you. Go check that out. See what your spirit says. I'm not a salesman. I'm a spiritualist. So, and I believe in what dreams may come. If you build it, they will come. I truly believe in that. It's been revealed to me too many times. So I knew if I built something that I wish I had when I was coming in on my path, access to somebody who's been on a path 15 plus years, that's experienced X, Y, Z, that have taught people X, Y, Z. I would have loved to have that when I got on my path for a very affordable way. So it's, it's honestly my way of giving back and also making in a constructive environment. I think it's awesome for people to be able to be part of a community, like you said. And I think you bring up a really great point is like how it can be lonely. And there are times where maybe even the individual can backslide a little bit. You know, people get to this point where they start doing all this self-improvement. They're working on themselves, but then they get to a point some people can, it can splinter off and no judgment, but you know, it can happen where some folk, some folks can start being maybe judgmental or self-righteous sometimes, or maybe they just, they get to a point and then they kind of slip and they backslide down and they kind of give up on it because they're expecting something profound or they set this expectation. It seems like, um, because I hear some people just get so disappointed sometimes when they start that spiritual path. What kind of advice would you give to somebody that maybe is starting to backslide or maybe they're, you know, feeling alone? For one, the lonely period is only a period. And I believe it's lonely so you can really find yourself. It's difficult to know who you are when you got too many people around you telling you who you aren't. I'm going to say that again. It's difficult to find out who you are when you got two people around, too many people around you telling you who you're not. And I believe the path is lonely so you can really get to know yourself. And I believe once you get to know yourself, that the spirit knows that you don't want to be by yourself. So it brings people into your life. So I think it's only what they call it, the crux, what they call it, the death, dark night of the soul. They have many different names for it. But I believe that period is like a incubation period or some sort of um, orientation, if you would, before you graduate and get to the spot where on your path where you can start convening with other people and stuff like that. So for people like that, I would say just stay on the path, man. Just really whatever you're guided to do, if it's meditation, chakras, whatever it is, start to apply the information. It's better to meditate for five minutes than read five books on meditation. Way better. So begin to start implementing some sort of practice. Once you grow, your light will grow. Just like moths, moths are attracted to light. So once you attract light, guess what? Light attracts light. You're going to attract other people. So I would say focus on your growth and also lower your expectation. Going back to what you were saying, Jay, like when you have expectation, that's automatically going to create a letdown. 
if I came on here and expected you to ask me certain things, like we haven't spoken, you haven't told me what we're speaking about. But if I came on here, like I expect them to just, we need to just talk about my book. That's why I expect. And then we talk about something else. Now I'm hurt because I expected this. You expect your mom to be motherly. Guess what? Every mom's not motherly. Some mothers are just training. Some of us are older than our parents mm. on a soul level. That's why you look at your parents like, why would I choose these people? Because you may be older than them, you know? So lower your expectations and focus on that which you can control, which is your own spiritual practice. And I promise you that will help you in the long run. Well put. Absolutely. It brought up a great point too. Sometimes we are older than some of these people like our parents and we wonder why we just, something's going wrong here. We're like, we don't get them. And I think it's something a lot of us don't always think about initially and don't really talk about a lot. Well, I mean, maybe we're talking about it now. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I, um, I've had the pleasure of following a great master um, by the name of Dr. Mitchell Gibson. I've never sat at the feet of a master. I never had a teacher that like that per se is all virtual, but I consider him someone who's guided me and helped me on the path spiritually and virtually. I'll just put it like that. I've had inner encounters with him spiritually. I'll just put it like that. But he taught that, or he teaches that the soul has an age and that the soul can die and the spirit can die because the spirit stays right next to the creator and the all. But the soul comes down each lifetime and occupies a body. That's why every night you go to sleep, your soul leaves the body and goes to the astral realm. In fact, when you transition what most people call death, um, there was a there was a scientist, I forget the name, but it was like um the it was like so many grams. And he measured a body before it died. And once they once they transition, he measured a body and it was like gram shortage, and it was common. And it's like the five gram, I'm butchering the, the study, but if you look it up, it's something you can find or whatever. But the soul has a weight. The soul has a shape. The soul has an age. And the way that we know this, we say people are old souls. Oh, they're an old soul. If you have an old soul, guess what you have with that? Polarity, a young soul. That denotes age. If, you know, I'm not the smartest cat in the room. Old and young denotes age. So that means the soul has an age. And by the same master teacher, Dr. Gibson, he was able to tell me what my soul age is. And he said that the most souls on the planet are, I want to say, 40 to 60,000 years old, most souls. So when you get someone in their millions or two millions or even billions, then you're dealing with someone who is a very old soul and they usually have a lot of spiritual gifts. A lot of spiritual abilities. They usually had encounters with different beings. They've had a certain magical experience. Their their life reads like a mystical book, talking like Harry Potter and the flesh type stuff. Right. You know that is, that would denote an old soul. And it's funny how we come across some of these individuals in our life. And sometimes, at a young age, I felt like I came across some people. That now I look back and I realize they were old souls and somehow were these, they left these breadcrumb trails for me to kind of follow without even realizing it. 
Yeah, that I believe that was preordained before you came here to put mm-hmm. you on the route that you're on now. Now, imagine if you were disobedient and you didn't pick up the breadcrumbs or say you were gluten free. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? I do. <laughs> and say you didn't pick up the breadcrumbs. Right. Once again, I, my, we all are guided, but most people have blinders on. They just don't see the obvious. They say the best place to hide something is right in front of somebody's face. Not only those, the powers that were, but the spirit does as well. It's right in your face. Everything that you see, like you can be with your best friend could be your spiritual teacher. You just don't know it because you look at him like just a best friend. Right. My first spiritual teacher, peace and blessed be upon her, was my grandmother by Mm -hmm. four. She was psychic. She shared my first supernatural stories with me. Like, I was like, what? And then I get older and I was like, duh, there's no reason why I picked her to be my grandmother. No reason why I lived with her the most part of my childhood. You know? Absolutely. So we have these things put place on our path and it's incumbent upon us to really pay attention and focus on it. Because they're leading us directly to our purposes and ultimately our life calling for some of us. Absolutely. What advice would you think people, maybe this younger generation, like, you know, maybe your son's age and maybe younger, like what, what advice are you trying to instill in your children that you hope they can carry with them? Oh man, this might, once again, I live my life, not on a a popular vein. So this might be kind of like counterintuitive as well Is I don't believe that you need to teach your children too much. Hmm. I believe I have the ability to seek. I had the ability to see people's soul to a certain extent. My all my children are not evil. They're very spiritual beings to a core. Of course, they're knuckleheads and they do dumb stuff. <laughs> we all like, did. Uh, we're, yeah, we all did. <laughs> like, like this is a quick sidebar, and I'm not saying I'm not saying these people are real or anything. But the the story of Jesus in the lost books. At one part, when he was a child, he was very violent. Right. Pushing people off a roof. Yeah, I remember I, one story, he pushed somebody off the roof. That don't sound like the savior that you're following, <laughs> you know? But um, so I believe, I believe that with your children, I believe in allowing them to be who they are. It, it sounds weird, but I believe every child, they're going to mess up. They're going to have their period, but they're going to mature eventually. And I have the advantage of having a 21-year-old, so I'm seeing how he is now. He's the most well-behaved, articulate young man that you'll see. He's a dreadhead and stuff, but he's real polite, very cordial, very well-spoken, very good-hearted, funny, quick-witted. All these things do you would love for a child. I didn't teach him that. I didn't teach him that. I believe that most children are what we call adulterated. Mm. Adults mess up children. We Mm. put too much of our thoughts in them. Just like now, and, and sorry if this offends anybody, but if you tell your child that there's one God, there's Jesus, and they're judging you, and if you don't do right, they're going to put you in hell, to me, that's child abuse. If you listen to that without judgment, that is child abuse. You're abusing a child and putting these narratives in their head that can ultimately hurt them. That's child abuse. So with me, I do my best not to put my beliefs and what I think in my children and just try to nurture them for who they came here to be. 
that might sound very weird. I'm a hands-off kind. The wife is different. She's hands-on. <laughs> I'm hands-off. I'm like, most stuff is cool. Like, all right, my son got in trouble at school. What'd he do? Okay. That's, uh, I, I did worse than that. <laughs> Look at me. I'm guiding people spiritually. I got vaccinated, had tap water, went to <laughs> church, <laughs> went to public schools. And look at me, I'm fine. Because guess what? My parents and people are bringing me up didn't adulterate me. Mm. They didn't force me to be something I wasn't. They allowed me freedom, allowed me to grow in, into the person I am today. I love that. Oh, my gosh. I just, I felt every moment of that. Thank you for sharing that. Yo, thank you for asking, man. So, like I said, so I... I I honestly don't see how people manipulate people, man, especially spiritually. Like I know I'm going to answer to myself when I leave this life. I know I'm going to look in what they call a life review. I've studied too many near death experiencers to let me know that it is true. That we're going to review ourselves when we're done. And you're going to ask yourself simple stuff. How did you treat people? How did you, how did you make people feel? You know, just simple stuff. And I don't want to look back and be like, damn, man, I misled people. I took advantage of people. I use a platform to mislead people. I, I made money over you know, spirituality. You know what I mean? Like that stuff is serious to me. I've worked a lot of lifetimes to get to the spot where I'm not going to throw it away for something that's insignificant. So once again, it's an honor to share and it's an honor to be on a platform where I can share. Oh, I love that. What do you have coming up? Do you have any events coming up? You're writing any new books? What do you got? Absolutely, man. Um, third book is actually done. It's Alter Magic Manual. It is the follow-up to Deity Linkage Manual, only seven years later. The book, actually, the book, that's a lifelong lesson. I'm a natural procrastinator. That's why, that's one of my biggest lessons. You know, if I, I've done, I want to say, a good amount of work. I probably could have done a lot more, you know, if I didn't. I just, you know, procrastinate a little bit, just to be honest. But the book's been done for a while. But I'm I'm sort of I want to I'm not gonna say a perfectionist, but I know um writing and grammar is not my strong suit. I was more of a math guy. Mm-hmm. So the wife she edits and everything, and I also have somebody doing the cover. So it's things outside of me that I gotta be patient with as well. So, but it's done. Um, anytime it's gonna be sent to the printer and printed out. So the third book will be out. I'm currently working on the fourth book, um, really helping people identify their path. I know every, because people say I'm on a spiritual path. What does that mean? Like literally, what does that mean? I haven't seen anybody that's clearly identified what a spiritual path even entails. Is spiritual path wearing crystals? Is spiritual path saying namaste? Is spiritual path saying greetings? Like, what is it? So the book is going to help people really know what a spiritual path and really be able to identify their own spiritual path so they can master it. Um, as far as events, I definitely I have um, putting on the fourth um, Soul Glow Spiritual Retreat in May. Um, once again, sold out um, people worldwide coming um, to the Smokies in Tennessee. Um, and I'm doing a fifth one in September. The Spirit's putting on me to do two of them. So as far as like being around people, I... Like I said, I'm, I'm saying this humbly. I attract some of the coolest spiritualists you ever meet. It's like down, like it's down to earth people, but still they're about their spirituality. I can tell that with you. You're down to earth, but I can tell you're spirit, you know, spiritual into all the things I'm into. 
but we don't have to wear it on our sleeve. Like, look at me, look at all my, I'm a spiritual, I'm in a room, look at me. Right. You know, and once again, those people are still authentic in their self, but me, that's being fake. If I come on here, like greetings, beloved. And I seen, you know, I mean, start right. talking like that. I believe in being regular mm-hmm. and down to earth, but also being about that light. Absolutely. Oh, so can you said they're sold out? Is that September one available still? Uh, September still? one is available. I had a cancellation for the one in May. Okay. So I have one spot available, but I know it's like, it's like in a couple weeks or whatever, gotcha. but um, yeah. the one in September is definitely open. Definitely open. And where can, when can people find info for that on the internet? Um, IndraAli.com. That's the best way to find my social media. Also me and a wife, we have an online shop called L9shop.com, E-L, the number nine shop.com. Uh, we sell Joss paper, crystal sets. The wife makes a bunch of soaps and oils. Nice. We got magic oils. Just a lot of stuff for your spiritual workings. So all that stuff can be found at IndraAli.com. That's the safest spot to find me everywhere on the internet. Awesome. And uh, I know social media with uh, with Instagram, same thing. People can find you on Instagram as well. Absolutely. And I actually, I'm not a social media person. Like, truth be told, if I wasn't out here, you know, talking about spirituality, I wouldn't be on social. It's just not my cup of tea. So to me, it seems very fake. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of people on there that I I don't want to say need information, but it's it's a it's another avenue to put the message out there. And it's free. Like social media changed the game. Yeah, It it changed the game. So I'm not everything has its pros and cons. But in my opinion, just being if I had to be judgmental, I think most people use it um, to their disadvantage. I think it's causing more harm on our planet than than quote unquote good. The imposter syndrome, people comparing their lives, uh, depression is up, suicide is up. You know, this these things may not be comfortable, but we need to talk about it because these kids are they have a false sense of insecurity. Because they're comparing their life, their real life, to someone's fake life. And I'm just humble. I'm happy that my children aren't addicted to social media. Absolutely. It's not a tool that I don't believe children should be playing with. Because adults can't play with it. Think about that. Adults get bent out of shape over so. When the first time I seen somebody get mad about something somebody else posted, I was like, are you out your flipping mind? That's crazy. But that's the time we're in, OJ. <laughs> I know, but I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And I just, I encourage folks to just sometimes maybe take a step back from it, you know, go outside, take in some nature and just, you know, maybe step back and don't compare, like you said, to somebody else's picture perfect, maybe influential, uh, influential life rather. And it's, and like you said, kids, it's important for children to not compare themselves to, to these folks and think that their lives aren't worth it because their lives are worth it. Their lives are beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I would say the, the um, dragon back off what you said, um, I would say step away and get into nature. Yes. Nature, nature is screaming for us to connect with right now. It, it really truly is. If you look at, and once again, I told you from the jump, I'm conspiracy and all of that stuff or whatever, but it's not a conspiracy if it's true. Our water's contaminated. Our food's contaminated. Like, I remember eating fruit with seeds in it. I remember when apple was this big instead of this big, you know? Like, just all that stuff. The air. I remember the air not having chemtrails and all this stuff wrong with it. 
I remember when you can drink out of the tap water, you know, I remember when, uh, you know, a lot of these things weren't as prevalent. And I believe now people are so bogged down and are so dirty and they can't see what's clean. When you're dirty and filthy, it's hard to see what's clean. If you take a white sheet of paper and put one dot on it, you can see that blemish. But if you take a dirty paper and put a dot on it or put dirt on it, you can't see it. People are so clogged up, they can't even see what's messing them up. And it's only once you unplug and once you clean yourself that you will see all that, that, the ailments that's going on. You'll really see it. That's why I'm a proponent of juice fasting every once in a while. Like really just cleaning out your system. Detox is not just with food. It's from communication, from electronics. Um, shout out to one of my old mentors, Sai Shanti. He, he does what's called tongue fast, where he won't talk to anybody. Literally won't be like, hey, uh, Ali, I'm doing the tongue fast. Can talk. <laughs> you know? And I, I believe a lot of people need to unplug. Like, mm. that's what the Matrix was trying to show you. Yes. Like, like there, it's to the point now where people are so gullible and people are so vulnerable that they only have to do too much. We're self-destructing. We hate on each other. They're just puppeteering and watching us hate on each other. Yes. Race sets, the religion, every political. Like I got, I got a lot of buddies. I, I took up golf a few years ago. So I got a lot of older buddies that, you know, strong Republicans. They can't stand a Democrat. <laughs> you, know? you say anything about a Democrat, they'll come unglued. But there are certain people that really believe that the world's problems is dealing with Democrats and Republicans. And I tell them all the time, like, because I, I mean, I identify with a lot of Republican views. I'd be lying if I didn't. But I'm no I'm not one or the other. And I mm-hmm. tell them I've never seen a bird with one wing. I'm not a left wing or right wing. I'm a whole wing, <laughs> not a flat or a drum. I'm a whole wing, mm-hmm. you know. So I just believe we need to step back, man, really evaluate what's important. You only have so many priorities. And I don't think your priority needs to be focused on your social media feed. Love that. That's awesome. And I know we just talked about where to find you on the internet, but like you said, it's a tool and we can use it for, you know, positivity and helping share and spread that light and that knowledge. So just like that fire, we got to use it for, for good. It can create, it can destroy, but it can create and it can keep us warm and it can sustain us, but we have to treat it with the utmost respect. Absolutely. I mean, we connect it based on social media. So once again, I don't want people taking what I'm saying out of context. Right. I'm not um, I'm not a good or bad. When my children say that I do good, I'm saying nothing's purely good and nothing's purely bad. I say, did you follow the rules? I think that's better than me saying good or bad. Mm. Good and bad is like what's good or bad. You know, we all possess that. We all possess yin and yang, God, the devil, God, good, devil, evil. You are both. That's why the cartoons show you the angel and a demon on one side or angel and, a, you know, you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, everything is a tool. A knife can be used to hurt somebody or it could be used to cut up meat for dinner. It's just a tool. So social media is just like that as well. But I'd be lying if I don't, if I didn't say humans are perverse in this tool. In my opinion, most humans. I couldn't agree more. I align with that wholeheartedly. Well, I can't thank you enough for doing this. This really means the world to me that you took some time and energy to share with us today. Is there anything else you want to plug before we wrap up? Um, no, just um, if you're if you're led to, just look me up online and just go where your spirit leads you. But 
like I said, I'm I'm really just I put myself out there. I'm out there. If it resonates with you, then so be it. If not, then so be it as well. But um, like I said, I appreciate being on the platform to you and George. It was an honor. <laughs> and just let me know anytime. And there you have it. I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation with Indra. What a wealth of knowledge and so much insight. I really loved talking about and expanding on Indra's spiritual accelerator program. It really helped to deepen the understanding of Indra's mission to inspire people to be their own spiritual master. We talked about Indra's books, Deity Linkage Manual, as well as Now Purpose Manual, two books that I highly recommend and suggest. So be sure to go look for those and get those into your library. We also talked about some of the new upcoming books that Indra's working on currently, one that's already done and one that's coming. I can't wait for those. Be sure to find Indra online at IndraAli.com. That's I-N-D-R-A-A-L-I.com, as well as the L9 shop that he runs with his wife. That's E-L, the number nine, shop.com. You can also find Indra on Instagram at Indra.Ali9. I cannot thank Indra enough for sharing his time, his energy, and his love. We talked for a little bit even after the episode was done. We stayed on a Zoom call and we shared a lot of personal stuff. And I'm just so incredibly thankful. If you're watching this, be sure to hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit that notification bell. If you're listening to this podcast, feel free to give us a rating, leave a comment, and we would implore you to share this episode or maybe any of our other episodes with some friends, some family, or maybe someone you think might find this content interesting. I really can't thank you all enough for joining myself and George on this awesome journey. It's been quite rewarding thus far. If you're looking for us, you can find us on Instagram at itd.jcosta and on Twitter at itd underscore jcosta. Until next time, take care of one another and keep thinking for yourself.